Hi, we're Chelsea and Michael. And this is the Coffee with Creators podcast. Think of it as hanging out with your buddies as we chat about content creation, social media, and life in general as creatives. So grab your favorite drink and welcome to our scrappy little podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to yet again another episode of Coffee with Creators. I'm Chelsea. And I am Michael. Hi, Chelsea. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you, Michael? I'm super excited about our guest today. Me too. I'm like a little jittery, to be honest. Right? I'm sweaty. And it's not the coffee. My palms are sweaty. Chelsea's been nervous since uh, we started meeting this uh, earlier today. And she's like, I don't know what to say. And I'm like, why are you nervous? I I should be nervous because I'm a car guy. And she's like, I I don't know. Maybe because I've never met him before. But this person that we have today is a super, super cool guy. At least from what I can tell from the videos and all the media that I've seen. He's shaking his head right now. If You guys can see him. But today we have Micah Muzio. So Micah. First of all, did I say your last name correctly? It's Musio, like if a cat is making a sound, Musio. And also, you guys got it cool, and I am not that cool. <laughs> There's, there is no reason for uh, for any kind of like nerves or jitters. Uh, I mean, that's so against my brand anyway. Like, I'm the uh, unassuming guy. I'm the former janitor. It's like, there's nothing to be too, too, yeah. You know, you know what's funny, Micah, you brought that up. So, I... I know we have a couple of questions that we were going to cover today. And briefly, to, to why don't you give the audience, the ladies and, uh, the ladies and gentlemen, um, a little introduction as to who you are and what you do. So people would probably know me best as the face of Kelly Blue Book's car reviews. I've been with Kelly Blue Book um, since 2007, which is a crazy long time to be at any place, especially in the modern era. But I'm an automotive journalist first, but I've done a bunch of other weird things along the way. And then um, I've also started my own channel as well, um, where I do family car reviews with my wife and five-year-old daughter and helicopter reviews because I'm a helicopter pilot and... And uh, that actually kind of took off. That is not cheap wordplay, by the way. I stumbled into that. But uh, (laughs) the helicopter thing really got moving in Corona times uh, when people were stuck at home and I was out Mm -hmm. flying and it kind of uh, launched the channel to a new audience. So I guess I'm that that car slash helicopter guy you might know from the Internet. (laughs) You're like, um, do you know who Carl Urban is? That actor? Oh so wait, you, wait, wait, wait! This is no, no. This will come back to me. Tell me who he is, and then I'll, yeah. I'll be like, oh, "Have course. you seen the? Have you seen that uh, show on Amazon Prime, The Boys?" Yes. Have you seen yes, that? Yes, 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 yes. The main guy, the yes, the guy who, who also p- played Doc on um, the guy Doctor, with the sick what's his name? beard, the really, yeah, really cool, yeah. yeah. So you're like that guy where everyone recognizes him, and they're like, "I know that guy. I've seen him before," but they just can't put their the the name to that 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 person. I've had so many occasions like that. People will recognize me in public um, uh, every once in a while. and But I've had that like, hey, man. And they can't quite tell if they know me from like the internet or if maybe we went to high school together. I've had so many moments like that. I am definitely the Carl Urban of automotive journalism. Has anyone called you the KBB guy? Yeah. Oh, wow. KBB guy. Yeah. yeah no, no, I get that too. Okay. I answer to I anything. I know Michael can relate to that because he several times, I don't know if he's gotten it out in public, but I know on other platforms he's gotten, hey, you're the desk guy or you're the office (laughs) guy. (laughs) You never know what your legacy is going to be. Yeah. No. I mean, it could be a lot worse. I could be the the pants fell down on that TV show guy, but no, I'm I'm the KBB guy. (laughs) That is true. That's a very good point. So, Micah, thank you again for for being a guest in in this scrappy little podcast that we have going on. And um, 
So what as I was telling you in the beginning, we are basically just content creators. The best way I could describe it is we are content creators. We share um, photos, artworks, almost like even snippets of our lives on social media. And it's becoming like a thing now. And earlier we were discussing uh, about how people are starting to move to from you know trusting companies to maybe trusting human beings like individuals right like doing car reviews doing tech reviews and all that you know that stuff so content creation in general is becoming more of a norm i think but one of the questions that i always get from people is where do i start how do i know what to do do i just jump in with whatever it is that that i'm interested in and i was reminded by one episode that you made on um I think it was on Micah, Micah Drives, and you said you mentioned that you were a janitor, and then you started working uh, on radio, mm-hmm. and you started basically working on your own channel. So my question is, how did you get into car reviews, and who were your inspirations? So for me, I never went to college. I was a janitor, and then I would claw- clawed my way up to maintenance man, which meant I got to, to have the big ring of keys, and I would fix toilets at this tiny mountain resort in a little town called Tehachapi that you can't really find on a map uh, out here in <laughs> California. And I played in a band, and that was kind of the extent of it. And then after I got married, um, my dad asked me, like, hey, Micah, have you ever considered getting into radio? My dad is a TV weatherman. He was on TV. And he does radio. I didn't realize that my wife had had put him up to that. Like, hey, do you think radio is something my kid could do? And so uh, I was put in contact with a guy who is the program director at a tiny talk radio station in Bakersfield, uh, another small town that you've probably driven through but never wanted to stop. And (laughs) I started working just three hours a day pushing buttons as a board operator. I was just sort of like doing some light light technical work. And radio, by the way, is not fancy. It's it's like um, it's like the janitorial work of media. It's (laughs) like really not a. Not impressive, but uh, I sort of clawed my way up there. And while I was there, there was a radio show that focused on cars. I had always liked cars. I would get Road and Track magazine on my break as a janitor. I would always read the different car magazines. And so I really liked that. Uh, but that was otherworldly. That's not, I had no notion that that's something I could do. That was beyond mm-hmm. me. Um, but uh, this radio show, they always had the newest cars. They talked to these really um, interesting guests. And so I, uh, I, I decided I was going to, get my claws in them. So I started doing a bunch of free work for them, helping them out with live broadcasts, ingratiating myself. And eventually I, um, I glommed onto that show and this is going to get a little esoteric, uh, but, but follow me here. The reason why the radio show existed was so the host could make promotional videos for Ford Motor Company. And when he walked onto screen, he could say, hi, I'm the host of Drivers Talk Radio. So he had the legitimacy of being a radio host, and in order to fake that legitimacy, they had to make a radio show. This sounds crazy. <laughs> that sounds about right, though. <laughs> it's, isn't that wild, though? But yeah, so I got sucked into the radio show part of it, and then I started doing the other stuff. Uh, so just jump ahead a few years. I, I had a few um, years of media experience, um, working in the automotive space, working on radio, um, doing some uh, some hosting, and eventually uh, through mutual connections, I met the guy who wound up hiring me at Kelly Blue Book. So. 
it was uh, sort of an odd collection, sort of the snowball rolling down the hill, collecting both snow and twigs and weeds and whatever. <laughs> and uh, there just happened to be the right combination of media and automotive and also proving that I'm a reasonably reliable guy who can get things done on, on time. And that led me to the Kelly Blue Book job. And Kelly Blue Book is where I've been for 13 years. And we, we kind of talked about this a little bit, but Kelly Blue Book, when I started, that was a place where people... It was a publication. You needed a publication if you were mm -hmm. going to review cars. You can't just be like, hi, I'm Joe. I'm here to review a car. Like, who are you, Joe? Why are we going to give you a car? Why are we going to fly you to Europe to go drive a BMW? You're just Joe. Uh, do you work for a publication? I did. I worked for Kelly Blue Book. But I've seen this shift, to your point, Michael, that mm -hmm. brands like Kelly Blue Book, um, they still have a huge space but there's also this um, rise of individuals. People trust people. People yes. um, in, in the modern era really uh, appreciate the opinions of individuals in a way that it's, it's in some ways it's almost a liability to be part of a brand, which is one of the reasons why I saw that shift. And so I started my own channel as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, well, that's a very interesting a journey that you've had so far. I mean, Quite so I, I was wrong then because I was telling Chelsea in the beginning that I bet that you were influenced by Top Gear, mm -mm. which I'm sure you're, you've been, you're familiar with, right? The, the BBC uh, show. I am familiar with it and it is the exact opposite. I specifically chose not to watch Top, Top Gear because I did not want to be derivative of Top Gear. Um, I'm, oh. I'm, I'm kind of mindful of what I consume and it's right. very easy to... Uh, if you spend all day listening to Nickelback, your songs are going to suck. <laughs> like, it's hard to fight that influence. And knowing that Top Gear is such a, a big thing, I, and I see this. Yeah. I've seen so many hosts that um, it, they kind of do a knockoff of, of Jeremy Clarkson, and they're trying to emulate what they think they need to do. And I never yes. wanted to do what what I thought was required. I wanted to do my own thing. So yeah, I mean, I am aware of Top Gear. I have seen, mm -hmm. you know, various bits or whatever, but I never consumed it in any, uh, re, uh, any great amounts because I wanted okay, to. That, yeah. that Honestly, is very I, interesting. I, I, I work in automotive. I can't bring myself to consume automotive content. Yes, I, I completely get that. I can I see Chelsea's too. rolling her yeah. eyes right now. She's like, oh my God, Top Gear cars. I don't even know who <laughs> Jer Jeremy Clarkson is. But no, that was just interesting. And that's a really that's good fine. point that you brought up because Chelsea and I were having, uh, we had a conversation last week about trying to um, limit what you consume, right? Because oh. it sometimes, yeah, it sometimes um, gets to a point where you cannot create anything original anymore because you're, or maybe you're even just not inspired anymore you do it because you think people like like that content right so what you did was actually very very good where you tried to limit yourself from being too influenced by another popular form of i don't know like personality i guess but yeah i guess i was wrong chelsea i said i bet you, you micah is influenced by top gear and that he watched those guys review carson he's probably like you know what i can do that I'm wrong. So that's so funny. No, I completely get that because when I first started, like Peter McKinnon was a big um, influence of mine. And then I got to the point where I had to stop watching Peter because it was harming my creativity. Yeah. I wasn't able to, I wasn't able to create my own content because I was so focused on making it as good as Peter McKinnon's. And mm. that's just harmful for all creatives. Don't do that. <laughs> Well, yeah. yeah, and also you're looking at um, something that exists 
it's something that's been created by somebody else as the standard of excellence, but you can be your own standard of excellence. Uh, you should be defining your own terms because I can't do what Jeremy Clarkson does because I am not him. I can truly only yeah. be myself. So mm -hmm. I think initially with any creative endeavor, you start with imitation. So if, if uh, somebody's watching this or listen, somebody's listening to this right now and they're like, I want to review cars. It's not bad to watch Top Gear, but that cannot be the end. Like you can see what other people do and then you can see how that meshes with your own creative vision. Uh, but it, and it has to grow from there. But yeah, uh, to your point, Chelsea, like um, if all I did was watch Top Gear and try and be as good as Top Gear, all I'm going to do is be a cheap knockoff of Top Gear. And you'll you'll hear this a lot too, Chelsea, in, in the car space when someone tries to um, create their own channel. Everyone's going to see, you see it in the comments, they'll be like, well, you're trying too hard to be Top Gear. And it's a, uh. I think, uh, I think aside from the gaming community, the uh, car industry has probably the most rabid <laughs> like um, <laughs> base fan base, I guess. Like uh, it's you just pick a certain car or manufacturer, and everyone is just like clawing at you for some reason, as if you if you were doing something evil. But yeah, it's just like a very interesting observation I've had over the years. Well, and, so and I'll just quick add that um, that is that's a great point that there is a crazy amount of enthusiasm in the car space and I'm kind of not into it. And I, not that mm -hmm. I, I have a problem with enthusiasm, but there are enough people that have encyclopedic knowledge of cars and will talk about like literal nuts and bolts and people who love it to almost an obsessive degree. I'm not that yes. guy. And it's tough because I had to reckon with that. Like, should I be that guy? Should I be the automotive journalist that lives, breathes, and uh, obsesses over cars, and that's all they do? And I decided, no, I'm not that guy. And I'm not going to be that guy because those, those people exist. Uh, so what I'm going to be is somebody who finds joy in uh, the automotive realm. I'm going to make this play, and I'm going to make this fun. And if you don't like playing fun, and if you want to make this a serious endeavor... There are a zillion other outlets that will cover you, but I'm going to be yeah. the guy that enjoys himself, and that's what I appreciate I'm doing. that. I appreciate that's great. that, Micah. I think I think that's why you have such a following is because you're doing different. You're doing it differently than everyone else. You're kind of breaking it down on a level that everyone else can kind of understand, if if that makes sense, and not just the car gurus and people that know the nuts and the bolts and the mm -hmm. whatever. Oh my else. gosh! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when uh, Michael was saying that you're rolling your eyes, you know, talking about like car stuff or whatever, uh, Chelsea, like you're my audience. You, if I can make you care about what I'm talking about, that's <laughs> a success. Just like like uh, you know, placing the ball on the tee and having like a car enthusiast go gaga over you know a supercar. To me, that's kind of boring. Uh, but if I can make a uh, Toyota Corolla review super, super relatable to somebody who needs to buy a car because they have to, not because they're thrilled, that to me is is way more interesting and, and far more creative. I've said, like, honestly, I could do videos on, like, refrigerators. Automotive, automotive is a nice space to work in. But to me, it's just about storytelling and uh, human connection. Absolutely. I agree with that. Uh, definitely coming from a filmmaker's point of view, and I... Like I'm a fake filmmaker, I call myself, but I get that. It's always the story. You always want to make the next shot to progress the story. And that's incredible. I love, I love to hear that. So cool. You, um, you mentioned about being relatable, right? So my next question for you is, did you start including your 
beautiful family in your car reviews to be relatable or is that just a different spin on uh, on a different car review i don't know like personality or was it out of convenience <laughs> you know you're spending family time and working at the same time so i'm curious it, it's funny because one of the things that I really try to engineer into all of the videos I make, both at Kelly Blue Book and for my own channel, is spontaneity. And I, so I think like you should plan just enough and then uh, be willing to deviate from that plan. So the reason why I include my family in my videos is I was um, I had a, a Lexus RC coupe that I was I needed to do a video on, and the timing worked out so that. My wife and I were going to lunch, and I was like, why don't you just come with me, and uh, we'll do the video on the way to lunch. We're going to ramen, so why don't we just do a video? And she's like, I don't know, man. Uh, <laughs> I was like, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Uh, I'm, I'm really big and just jump into the situation, see what it hands you, and kind of roll with it. Um, and yeah. so we did that, and it actually resonated pretty well. Um, and so we uh, did another one with my daughter, and that that worked pretty well. It was, it was not... Plan, master planned. It wasn't, um, mm -hmm. you know, like I sat down and strategized it. It was, this might be interesting. And it's funny. It's, it's, um, a lot of throwing stuff at the walls and just sort of seeing what works and what doesn't work sort of quickly iterating. And mm -hmm. I, I really found that two things. One, uh, there are a lot of people doing car reviews, but very few people doing family car reviews. Two, mm -hmm. the interpersonal dynamics of a long-term relationship. My wife and I have been married 21 years. And wow. you cannot That's replicate awesome. that dynamic. No way. You can't cast that. That's one of the reasons why Top Gear worked so well is because of yeah. those personal relationships. You truly cannot duplicate that the, the dynamics of somebody who knew, me, who knew me when I was in junior high. Um, mm -hmm. So that's a really special <laughs> thing. And then also my daughter is super precocious and lovely. And so having her yeah, is great. Yeah, super cute. Yeah, yeah, so it's like finding photos the, of her. Yeah, she's the best. And so finding this this open space where nobody's really operating here. And for me, I as maybe you're sensing, I really like bouncing off of things and having unexpected things come my way that I can react to. And mm -hmm. uh, my wife and daughter bring that. So I think um, having a few extra people in the equation, almost as, um, you know, like chaos generators, just random yeah. things happen. And it gives me something to play with. And for me, again, that sense of play is so critical in making stuff that I love. I think that makes you the most creative out of like out of us three here in this room because I <laughs> creativity in in its essence I think is basically taking a bunch of different things and making something out of it right something that people will appreciate or even you can appreciate and that's essentially what you're doing and I'm like oh that's actually really cool that's yeah, really finding unlikely so. connections from here from A to yeah. Q and how do those things connect yeah, yeah I mean honestly that's the stuff that I find so satisfying um, when the unexpected things happen so yeah so yeah go ahead Oh, I was just, just going to say that th that was one of the reasons why I started watching your your drive reviews is because you started to include your family. I think you did a video on the Telluride, and that's one of the reasons why I got one. Oh, you bought a Telluride? Oh, you I did get a Telluride. One. You bought yeah. a Telluride because my daughter vomited in the one we were testing? <laughs> no. Oh, my God. Well, I yeah, I'm like, that. okay, I, I, I can clean that up. No, it just, it just gave a very real perspective, right? Like, this is a guy who has a family who will probably have their kids, you know, run around, make a mess. And, you know, I want to hear what they think. You know, is it comfortable? It's not about what does the brand say? You know, everyone always says, oh, it's a Kia. Ew, you know, stay away from it. So I wanted to get a perspective from someone who likes cars and who also has a family, who has a daughter. 
And I thought that that was just awesome. And so that's one of the reasons, that's one of the draws for me, or be, the things that drew me to your channel is because you you have your family in it. And I'm like, okay, that's that was really cool. But also the other thing that kept me really interested is your word kung fu, Micah. I mm. honestly think that it's in a different level. You described the the sound that the Porsche take Taycan. Did I say it correctly? Taycan or take Taycan. There you yeah. go. I, I you described this. <laughs> yeah, you described the sound that it makes as what is it, a rainbow of sci-fi dreams. Like, where do you get these words? Did you practice this? Did you? Is it from your background in radio, or are you just naturally, just I guess, uh, a, I don't know, a master with words? That's really funny. I think if I had to, was one that was not practice. That's uh, just me speaking. Um, I do script my KBB videos and then I deviate from them. But anytime I do a Micah Drives video on my own channel, we just sort of go. We've got an outline, okay. but I, nothing there is, is scripted. I think what that comes down to for me is largely that I have never assumed that I'm inherently interesting. So... And maybe this goes to the imposter syndrome thing, but I don't think like, well, I'm speaking, so people will naturally be intrigued by it. I think um, I've I've worked hard to um, craft ways that can keep people uh, people's attention, and mm-hmm. um, I think um, interesting, uh, uh, you know, word usage and framing things in sort of vivid ways um, beyond just you. Know, and you know what it is too? Okay, here's another thing: Tra- talking about cars is tough because there are only so many ways to say fast there's only so yes. many ways to say the word there's no what there's not not a lot of synonyms for performance it's like there's it's it's a it's a real challenge and so the automotive space in particular because you're limited by the words it sort of breeds a um you know a uh, a broader palette you have to kind of innovate and figure out new avenues to say something that connects with the audience so mm-hmm. so i think uh, automotive has sort of naturally trained me to to um figure out more compelling ways and more descriptive ways to uh, to to, um, to dis- you know paint the picture yeah that's that's actually a really good point because what you said is very true i've seen if to me it's like if i've seen one car review channel i've seen them all they all sound the same. They all sound the same. They they review the same cars. They say the same things. And it's it's like you're just changing the the person, but it's the same script. But what you how you do it is very, very different. And I can definitely appreciate that. Yeah, so. yeah. The automotive world is filled with non-playable characters, and you can just sort of swap them <laughs> in and out. And yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to be that. <laughs> so, Micah, I have to jump in. Um, you obviously have a very impressive resume of reviewing cars professionally and for yourself on YouTube, but you also started creating helicopter content for your YouTube channel. Have you always shared a passion for cars and helicopters, or did one come before the other? Helicopters came first, and uh, long they? after uh, humanity stops driving, I'll still be flying. Uh, so I, awesome. I loved cars, but it became a career. And so by making it your job, it sort of squeezes a little bit of the passion out, but helicopters flying has always been, um, what I wanted to do. Literally. I cannot recall a time when I was a child that I did not want to fly helicopters. It goes as far back as I can remember. I've always wanted to fly. And the notion of being able to do so was sort of inconceivable. Much like being an automotive journalist, the notion like, oh, I'm going to fly my own helicopter around. That's like, that's 
absurd. And yet, it, it, here we are. But um, yeah, flying for me, um, I had a few key moments. When I um, was a kid, we lived in St. Louis for a few years, and my dad was a TV weatherman. He um, arranged to, I flew in the, the news chopper. And that was the first time I ever put my hands on the controls of a helicopter. The pilot let me uh, take the stick. And, uh, you know, my poor mom That's in the back awesome. seat, Mrs. Musio, your son is flying now. I was 10. <laughs> What, a, what an unsettling thing to hear. But uh, I mean, that's, it was already there. And then that really set the hook for me. And uh, so I got my license in 2008. We sold our house. Um, uh, we, we moved to LA and we sold the house that we had in our previous town. And that money that we, that we made there paid for my pilot's license. And I uh, spent a few years, you, you can rent a helicopter. It's crazy expensive. It's a stupid hobby because uh, <laughs> it's, it's inefficient. It's wildly overpriced. Um, but um, a few years ago, my wife wanted to have a daughter and I wanted to own a helicopter. And those <laughs> goals were at odds. And <laughs> I was saving up, trying to save up for a helicopter. And it's like the biological clock is ticking. And so I, one day I said like, hey, sweetie, it feels like our, our goals are at odds. Let us entwine them. Let us <laughs> like nose to oh the grindstone, God. make this helicopter thing happen. And as soon as we do, we're going to go make a baby. And we did. That's exactly <laughs> what happened. Like, uh, I saved so up. Funny. And then one day I was like um, on barnstormers.com and I found a helicopter that was in my price range and the exact make model I wanted. And I was like, sweetie, tonight we're going to, uh, was it um, El Centro? Uh, in the middle of the desert. Can we go look at a helicopter? Okay. And we went, looked at it, and it's like, okay, yeah, we're buying a helicopter. And we did. And then uh, oh a, about a year later, our daughter arrived. I've, I've oh never heard gosh. anyone say that out loud before. Let's go buy a helicopter. That's such either. a weird no, thing to hear. I, <laughs> what did you, you know, name your daughter? Oh, sorry, Chelsea. No, I was just okay. going to ask. Just, I was just going to ask Micah. What, what did you name your daughter? Did you name her after like a <laughs> the helicopter or something? No. In the no interest of, uh, of light privacy, I will not reveal her name, but uh, okay. <laughs> actually, I, 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 yeah, yeah. We, we, it's funny when we do our videos, we always just call, I call her sweetie and stuff. Um, I see. Like, okay. Yeah. 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 It's weird. Cause like we, she's in the videos, but yeah, a little light privacy. Yeah. Go ahead, Chelsea. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to step on you. Totally fine. I was just going to say, I love your wife already. She seems like so easygoing and like, okay, yeah, let's go in the middle of the night and buy a helicopter. I would look at my husband like, have you lost your mind? Like, no, no, thank you. You go ahead. I'm going to stay here. So yeah, I appreciate, I appreciate that about her. That's super funny. I, I think that's one of the things about um, the creative community is that it, the people who are most visible, people assume that they're doing all the work and there is this support component that if I didn't have my wife, I would not be talking to you. I wouldn't be a Kelly Blue Book. I wouldn't have a helicopter. None of that stuff would have happened because she has supported dumb decisions along the way that enabled that development. Like quitting a very secure job in order to go do something a little more creative. Um, she's fine with that. It, it's the power of low expectations. She <laughs> is not hung up on on financial uh, gain. She would be perfectly happy in a much like uh, like in a tiny home as long as like you know we're happy and together. She's fine. And because basically her standard is if you can make it happen, make it happen. Okay. Oh. That's that's that so funny. Unusual. That sounds she's like a... my husband. It sounds yeah. like my husband. He he's the one that's just like whatever. Like I'm fine with living in a tiny home or just as long as I'm with you guys, I'm happy. I don't care about the financial gain and 
I'm the one that like with my nose to the grindstone and like constantly trying to, you know, rise in my career and everything. So that's, it's super funny. How wonderful awesome. to have that support though. Right. Like, um, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, my wife's contributions, even though I'm like the most visible parts, her contributions are huge, both in terms of support. And also she's a video editor. Did you know that? Like I she, actually was going to bring that up because oh, I, yeah. I saw I one of the, yeah. Cause I saw in one of your videos that you, you're under your wife's name, it says video editor. And I'm like, Oh, does she, so does she edit your videos? She edits the Micah Drives. I edit the Micah Flies. And previously, I mean, she worked for the production company that edited Kelly Blue Book's videos as well. So she, I didn't oh, marry so a video cool. editor way back in the day. She became a video editor. But if you want to start a YouTube channel, it's really, really helpful to have an editor in the house. Because <laughs> that is like the <laughs> most tedious part of the job. And having yes. somebody that can share that workload is absolutely massive. So um, it's, it's I, I always think about like, what are your superpowers? What are the um, strengths that you can wield to advance your cause? And in our home, uh, having that video editing uh, power is, is awesome. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, that, that's, that's definitely something that I need here. <laughs> I don't have enough help here. But yeah, that's great. So, um, mm-hmm. so ahead, just kind of going back to the love of helicopters, um, I kind of share that as well. Um, not really, but just because my stomach can't really handle it. But when I lived in Hawaii, I was able to fly in a Hughes 500D from Magnum PI. Yes, 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 and yes, yes, yes. So when Michael said that we were going to have you on the show, you know, he had reached out and you said yes. I was on your Instagram and I was like, yay, I'm so excited. So the one that you flew in, was it a reproduction from the show or was it just one that somebody had had, had painted? So it was not a reproduction from the show and it was not what some, uh, one that somebody had painted. It was a factory original paint job. So that paint job came direct from Hughes back in the day. Uh, that's a factory awesome. paint color or paint scheme okay. with the crazy like orange, yellow, brown, mm-hmm. very 70s, 80s motif. Um, so yeah, that was an original paint scheme um, and a very low time Hughes 500. For me, that is the dream chopper. When people see the Magnum PI intro and you see that, it's like, oh, that's a really cool helicopter. I was watching it that intro cool. too. I never watched much Magnum PI, but I watched the hell out of that intro. And The that intro was- is like... That encom- that's the encompassing of the show, you know, like it yeah. just solidifies the entire thing. The 80s was so good for that. Like uh, Airwolf, same deal. Airwolf. Like, oh yeah. my gosh. Um, I mean, those like intros, helicopters, hel- helicopter shows in the 80s uh, definitely helped solidify my enthusiasm for flying. But yeah, when I finally, so I've always dreamed of, uh, I love the Hughes 500, um, that Magnum PI helicopter. And so when I got to fly it, it was Brilliant too. I was in Texas doing some helicopter videos. I didn't know we were going to fly that helicopter. They literally like um, uh, brought me in. I was I was uh, shuttled in uh, via helicopter. Uh, they didn't tell me what was happening. It was just a surprise. And then off in the distance, you know, I see like, is that the Magnum PI helicopter? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. And then like you know, like ten minutes later, we're flying, and uh, you know, um, it was it was an, an amazing experience, especially for me too, because you know, like it's like oh, we're going for a ride, but the guy who owns the thing, he's like, all right, your controls. Oh, okay. If you watch the video of me, it's like you can see I am surprised that I'm the guy who's now going to be taking the controls. It was the best. Oh my gosh. 
So awesome. cool. You say, you, uh, Chelsea, you say you have kind of a, a marginal stomach for flying? Yeah, well, I'm fine on like a large commercial airplane when there's not a lot of turbulence. Um, and I was fine in the helicopter until we went over the Ko'olau Mountains and there was a lot of altitude change and yeah, a lot of turbulence. Mm-hmm. So I was already hanging out of the side of the helicopter because I had went up to get landscape photos. I wanted to, you know, photograph Oahu from above. So I yeah. was already like feet off the side, strapped in. And so when this turbulence started, I was like, oh, here we go. I was like, my mom, my mom was on the other side and her door was off as well. And she was, I just remember like looking back at her and she knew. So she was like shuffling to find the puke bag. But I do, I love flying. It's, it would be probably more something I did more if I didn't get so sick as far as helicopters go. Chelsea, here's what I'm going to offer you. There's a guy, um, your, your homework after this, uh, Google a guy named Bob Hoover. Bob Hoover is a, a flying icon. He does these aerobatic routines or did these aerobatic routines um, where he'd like put a, a, a glass on the dash and he'd pour iced tea while doing an aileron roll, a 1G aileron roll. And he would oh do these God. things where he'd shut the engines off and just use the momentum and do loops and crazy stuff. Bob Hoover- had motion sickness issues when he first started. Oh, and um, really? it was a matter of exposure getting over those, but uh, he kind of powered through that and uh, was able to become this flying icon. So I would say that even if you do feel ill flying, that there are ways to get beyond that. And if you have an interest in it, I want to be an ambassador for aviation because aviation is so... Uh, insular and it can be elitist and it can be off-putting and my hope is that by being a an utterly normal guy who flies and loves it that I can make it just a little bit more accessible and so um that's awesome don't don't be afraid to go fly and if you're in California <laughs> and there's not a global <laughs> pandemic let me know we'll go fly <laughs> Absolutely. I will. Because um, when Michael and I were talking about having you on the show, I went to your YouTube as well. And I saw where your friend proposed to his fiance, probably now wife. And I was sitting there and I was watching. I was like, why is he not proposing now? Like, it's so pretty there. (laughs) Um, But when I saw when I saw those beautiful shots, I was like, oh, my God, I have I would love to do that because I do love seeing like, you know, a place that I'm in or a place that I've been and then seeing it unaccompanied by everything on the ground. It's just, it's incredible. And that's why I got in the helicopter in Hawaii. Um, But yes, I will, I will hit you up on that because I have plans to go out to San Diego sometime when the pandemic, when the pandemic is over. So I will be hitting you up. Yeah. (laughs) Helicopters are awesome. And um, making a YouTube channel around helicopters is an awful idea because they're crazy expensive and it's, it's like a money losing endeavor. It's just a, it's a terrible premise for a YouTube channel, but I love it too much to not do it. It's so that's actually for you. That's actually yeah, it's it's working. I mean, that's actually a really interesting point that you brought brought up as well because I mean, okay, so prior to this, I had no idea that you were so passionate about flying. Like I originally thought, like I said in the beginning, I thought you were influ- influenced by Top Gear, maybe you had um inspirations from other automotive journalists or something like that, and then when the pandemic happened, I actually saw that video, the first uh, flyover that you did over LA when it was empty and it would, it got like a crazy amount of views. Yeah. And I think that's when it started to really um, pick up if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. But yes. so I was thinking, okay, is Micah pivoting to more helicopter content versus uh, car content? It, because I mean, creating content in general is just, is difficult, but having to try to figure out the logistic logistics of, 
you know, getting a car, getting a helicopter and all that stuff. So I'm like, maybe he's just trying everything. Maybe he's just jumping from one car to the helicopter or whatever. But after hearing this, the, the, your, your story, it's starting to make more sense to me now. Like it's, I'm starting to put the pieces together. But I still have to ask, though, would you rather be called Micah the car guy, Micah the helicopter guy, or Micah I will drive anything that has an engine guy? I, I think um, I don't want to be pigeonholed as like any one specific thing. What I've okay. I've discovered about myself is that I have too many interests to be an expert at any one thing. Um, and so um, I'm just going to be that guy that does a, a variety of things and people can know me for what they know me. What's fun is when people look at a helicopter thing, they're like, wait, is that the KVB guy? Or vice versa. <laughs> Uh, wait, wait, wait. Is that that helicopter guy? And it's fun when people make those connections because they know me from different domains. Um, I've always been that way where I just have too many interests, which is why I'll never be the top of any field. Uh, if I had a singular vision, <laughs> then like uh, I could be the number one in helicopter guy. But I'm just, I just have too many interests um, in the same way that um, – so I, I – I drive cars. Uh, you know, I, I um, I'm a motorcycle guy. I do that. Helicopters. Um, I do all the music for uh, Kelly Blue Book videos and do you really? drives. All if you've ever seen any of those videos, I wrote the music. And you it's just are such an interesting character. My I, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> like I just I um, have too many different things that um, I, I find interesting, and so. Um, and, and there's no reason why I have to be limited by any one label. Like I, I can just be me. I can just do the things that I find interesting and uh, maybe people know me for one thing or another and that's fine. That's for them to figure out, but, uh, I can, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm listening to Micah and to me, Micah is like, Mike, Micah is treating the world like his playground and that's awesome. I, I think that. that's uh, yeah, that's cool. Honestly, that's, that's cool. really cool. I don't know like, if I you can, can do whatever you want. Uh, yeah. That's a pretty good encapsulation, but yeah. <laughs> Okay, so we have two more questions for you, Micah, before before we end this interview. And um, I didn't send this to you, or I didn't tell you this, because I wanted to, to get your honest, like, real, um, I guess, uh, take on it, right? Mm -hmm. So, in a recent interview, I read that I, I found out that you were very, more, very, very passionate about flying. But obviously, that wasn't your day job, right? Your day job is driving cars, and that's basically what you do, you know, to... to to feed your, your yourself and your family. So if money or time wasn't an issue, what would you do, be doing more? Would you be driving more cars or would you be flying more helicopters? Flying I guess helicopters. I know the answer, but... I think flying I helicopters. Yeah, 100% <laughs> flying helicopters. I've thought okay. about this. Like, I, I'll never be confronted with the, oh, I have uh, inexplicable inexplicable wealth and I have to, nothing but time and money. What am I going to do with it? That will never occur. <laughs> but if it did, I, I would just go fly. I would just spend all my time flying because it is the absolute... Best. Do you guys remember when you got your driver's license, like the first day you had your driver's license and you mm -hmm. left and uh, no one was with you and you felt free and unencumbered and you could sort yes. of like go explore your world in a way you hadn't before? That yes. eventually fades with the automobile. But uh, for me, aviation has has sustained that. And I haven't found the limits of that sense of freedom. There is so much to explore uh, with a helicopter. And what's fun is that I, I'm, I'm still just learning and the, um, the, the horizons are, are, are boundless. There's so many places to go and, and see, and there's always something new to learn. For me, aviation is like chess. Like even if you understand the fundamentals, there's always some new layer to uncover. And so that's a very long way of saying helicopters. <laughs> 
It's a very interesting way of saying helicopter stuff. <laughs> so I appreciate that. Okay, one final question. So uh, taking all the knowledge that you have right now about what you do, um, if you were to time travel, if time travel was possible, let's pretend, what would you say to yourself five years ago? Oh, well, it's tricky because if you like where you wound up, then you don't want to unsettle anything. I've seen the Back to the Future movies. I know how this works. It's very easy to upset the flow of time. Um, so I think one thing, I wish I was a little um, less concerned with um, with how people perceive me earlier. I feel like I've settled into who I am, uh, but it took me a while to get here. And I kind of think it would have been a little bit liberating to have reached that that realization earlier. Um, mm. You know, that honestly, uh, people will think what they think, but um, you kind of run your own race. I'm a little less concerned. I'm honestly not that competitive. I don't really care what everybody else is doing. Like um, okay. people can- You do you. I will do me and uh, that's going to be whatever it is. And, uh, you know, it, we can after the fact figure out what it meant. But uh, in the meantime, uh, just- I think I spent uh, maybe a little too much time being um, self-conscious or, or self-limiting. And so one mm -hmm. of the things I really want my daughter to feel is that um, it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to try stuff and have it not work out. It's okay to look yes. foolish because uh, there, there's always going to be another swing at bat. Okay, here uh, this, is, this is how I'll wrap up. Um, uh, I have a, a, a compadre at uh, Kelly Blue Book, and she was having a hard time with uh, a video she was making at the Detroit Auto Show. She just felt very overwhelmed. And what I pointed out to her, is that she hasn't been doing this long enough to know that there is going to be there are going to be ebbs and flows and there are going to be great moments and there are going to be dips and that it's a game of averages like over mm -hmm. the long haul what you want is a steady improvement over time there'll be spikes but you look you um sort of compress that signal and you want it to continue to get better don't be don't be surprised if you do something that is absolutely embarrassing and sucks that will happen, mm -hmm. but you need the experience to know that after that, you'll also have another at-bat and it might be good or it might be average. Um, so I think the perspective of experience has taught me that if, I, if this goes terribly wrong, if this interview has sucked, that's okay. <laughs> Another interview will come along at some point, and uh, and it'll be fine. It, it it'll think. No, don't worry. This interview is not bad. I'm I having want, a great time. Yeah. Yeah. What, and ahead, I want to say just super quickly that it is such an honor to have you on our podcast. Not only because you are a creative, but you in that last few sentences, just then you just like in encompassed our entire premise for our show. Like what we are mm -hmm. trying to you know, throw out into the world of creatives. Like you just said it in a nutshell. Like, I don't think Michael yeah. and I could have ever said it as good as you did. So that that's incredible. I love it. Yeah. That. The most creative in this room is Micah. Like I said, but <laughs> definitely <he's> <laughs> not us, Michael. If we've learned one thing, man, it's not a competition. I can I add one thing. I, I, I always want things to be actionable and I've had enough people um, reach out and say, how do I get into car reviews? I want to make car reviews. I want to do YouTube videos. So the thing I will say is just start making stuff with whatever tools you have People have like, well, I don't know. Uh, what editing software do you use? And like, what, what's your camera? Um, man, when I first started doing Micah Drives videos, the first Micah Drives, I threw it away. We did it. My wife started editing and she's like, this is rough. And so we just... <laughs> 
threw it away and I kept making stuff. And if you look, I've left up the earlier, earlier videos because um, I want them to be a testament to uh, iterative um, content creation that you can evolve. Mm -hmm. And so you can't know what you will do best unless you start making it. See what sucks. Cut that stuff away, keep the great stuff, build on top of it. So uh, if yeah. you're listening to this and you want to uh, get into the world of um, creative, uh, if you want to get into content creation, go make something, see what you do well, and then do more of it. I don't know if you noticed that, but Chelsea was clapping when you said that <laughs> because that, she she basically says that every, every single time. Just start. Episode. Every Just start. Episode. And it really is the key. To anything, anything great, bad, whatever it is, you just have to start. So, I'm, Micah, I'm glad I, I'm glad I, I aligned it. with you guys. I feel like we're bonding here. We had a moment. What a great <laughs> yeah, moment to so end good. on. We so did good. have a. I think. I, I think. I think it. I'm gonna drink to that one. So, cheers. <laughs> cheers. But, uh, Micah, really quick before you before you let, we let you go, finally, we got a few questions through our Instagram from from followers, and I hope you don't mind answering these really Hit quick, me. simple questions. Yeah. Okay. So uh, actually, Chelsea, I'll have you read the questions if you don't mind. Yeah, Michael's <laughs> making me read this first one because I said, I'm not asking him that. And Ooh, Michael's like, oh, it'll wait. be fine. Okay, so Very Ridiculous um, asks your height, your weight, and your inseam. <laughs> uh, 5'10", <laughs> probably 170, and uh, I'm like a 30-inch guy. <laughs> there you there go. You know. Very Ridiculous, now you know. <laughs> yeah. You can't shake me up, Very Ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> okay That's so good. um we'll go through the the last four questions i actually have four questions um for you uh this one the next one is by david mac doe i think uh what car would you pick to drive at pecla what's pecla if you've uh, never driven a porsche i believe oh i see yeah it's, it's okay. uh this place right off the 405 where the 405 and the 110 meet that um, should probably be luxury condos but instead it's a uh, a big racetrack that porsche has built uh for people to drive uh and it's 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 awesome i've been there before uh you know what i kind of dislike the elitism of the 911 so i'll, I'll just say um cayman gt4 okay well right. okay it's Okay, that's a, that's a, I love the Cayman GT4 by the way. So um, I don't know what any I don't know what any of that means, but we'll just skip on right to the next fast question. German car. That's all. That's all okay. you need to know. I gotcha. So just gotcha. To, just to clarify, I think he was asking what your recommendation is because I'm reading the question again. Uh, what would you pick to drive a PECLA if you've never driven a Porsche? Oh, if you've never driven a Porsche, check the 911 box. It's one of those things. It's okay. it's iconic and it's elite and people wonder about it. And one of the beautiful things about uh, driving cars and reviewing cars for a living is that it removes all the mystery. So instead of um, fetishizing cars that you've never driven and sort of longing for them, just go have the experience. You can know what it's all about, and then you can decide if it's something worth um, you know, working your 80-hour-a-week uh, lawyer job to pay for. <laughs> It's a good point. Love it. I love it. <laughs> so I see what Michael has done here. And he gave me the first question. So he would get the second question. And then I would in turn have to get this third question. And oh, it's I can't ridiculous wait. One. <laughs> Is it another in-team thing? <laughs> it's, you know, I'm setting we'll Chelsea see. up. It says uh, from at Tyken88, uh, can he make a video for his YouTube channel of him reading his thirst tweets? <sighs> I mean, Thank most you, of my uh, 
the, the thirstiest communiques come via Instagram DMs. I've gotten some crazy oh, stuff over the years. So I would say no, because my mom might watch it. And Just she say probably, no, yes. Yeah. Yeah, she, uh, she, she once uh, she noted that I was described as a dilf in some Instagram comments, oh. and it's like oh I don't want to have the dilf conversation with my mom. So yeah, that's gonna be a hard pass for me. Yes. All right. Thank you for just just saying no. Just skate on past that one and let's go into the next one. Sorry, Chelsea, you saw it right through me. So um, okay. No. So this question is from Briel uh, Briel Swaney Swaney. What is the best and worst? Best or worst vehicle he has driven this year? No evading. Ooh, uh, let's see. Worst vehicle I've driven this year? I want to say maybe Buick Encore GX. Uh, It's just so middling. And then best vehicle I've driven this year? It's been a weird year because we've all been distracted, but um, this is... Okay, so can I tell you the problem with uh, what I do is that I drive a new car every few days, so I honestly cannot remember what I've driven. It all just mm-hmm. blurs together. So mm-hmm. I honestly do not recall what. Oh, you know, I'll just uh, I, I'm thinking of the 911. I'll just say the 911 um, because that'll make um, you know Porsche files happy. That's actually not true. <laughs> I kind of hate driving Ooh. cars that are flashy like that. It's it's just <laughs> counter to who I am. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, y- you know what? I'll have to go. We'll I'll, con- I'll have to consult the Instagram feed and see what I've driven because I can't remember. <laughs> okay, okay. I but like I totally that. get that though. Yeah, yeah. I-, I like that answer. I can appreciate that. Okay, so the final question. This actually final question is for me. And what is your dream three car garage? Dream three car three car garage. Okay, yeah. it's, a, it's a three car garage, but. Mm-hmm. It has a helicopter in it. <laughs> uh, Three cars wide for the blades. Yeah, there you how go. Did oh, I there know you go. That. Yeah, I mean, that, that that is evasive. So I'll I'll say that. Um, uh, I've, let's say I've got three items in the garage. I'd probably do a Ford Raptor. I'm not a truck guy, but it's not really a truck. Uh, it's just uh, mm-hmm. sort of a uh, off road Baja truck jumping beast, which is is super fun. Um, I'd probably go with. <sighs> Uh, let me think about this on the helicopter front. I'm tempted to say an Enstrom 480B, uh, plenty of room for the family, very flexible interior, turbine, very mm-hmm. sweet. Mm-hmm. And then uh, for a family is car. A, is that oh, a helicopter or a car? That's a helicopter. That's a helicopter. Okay. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then and then for a car, I don't know, man, something like sensible. Maybe like a Volvo V90 wagon. Like something. I was going to say, you have to have a wagon in there. <laughs> yeah, something innocuous, something that kind of like glides under the radar. That I mean, yeah. seriously, I've built an entire career off of like uh, creating low expectations and uh, you know, you know, being unassuming. I feel like I should have a car that does the same. <laughs> That's, That's great. perfect. I love that. It's a perfect answer. Well, Micah, it's been a pleasure. Yes. And again, thank you so much for for giving us this time, this opportunity to get to know you. And we would like to ask, we would like to give the, the floor to you and tell the, the beautiful ladies and gentlemen of the internet where they can find you. You know, I'm at Mike Amusio pretty much everywhere. So, uh, or you can just type that KBB guy. That'll uh, typically pop me up. <laughs> but uh, if you just, if you type up, type in Micah helicopter, that'll, uh, M-I-C-A-H helicopter, that'll show you what I'm doing helicopter wise. Do KBB, just Google KBB, and I'll probably be the person who's hosting that video. I'm around, you'll find me. All right, awesome. That's well, again, awesome. Micah, thank you so much. I You probably have a very busy schedule, so we are going to let you go. But again, we, Chelsea and I are just, we're still kind of, I still have the jitters. 
I'll be honest with you. I still have the jitters. I'm good. I feel like I feel like he's an old friend now. I'm good. Yeah, yeah man, yeah. we no, bonded. Yeah, jitters. forget your jitters. We're we're we're, uh, <laughs> we're a cohesive team now. All right, all right. Just push through it then. Well, Micah, thank you so much for for being with us today, and I'm sure the uh, the audience are going to appreciate this interview. I mean, I learned a lot. Can't wait to edit this video. So, I mean, this video, this uh, this podcast, and and share it. And um, I'll definitely share you the share with you the link as soon as it goes live. But uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. You guys are awesome. I just wanted to say really quickly before we end, make sure that you guys, wherever you're listening at, give us um, some stars if you're on Apple Podcast. Leave us a review. And thank you guys once again for hanging out with your Coffee and Pizza crew. And until next time, this is Chelsea. And this is Michael. Signing Signing off. off. Bye. Bye.